0: Hi, I'm John
1: and I'm Cecilia.
0: Welcome to Crazy Cat Paranormal Speaks.
1: Hey, Crazy Cat fans. This is Cecilia. Today we are going to take some questions from our Facebook group. There's been a lot of questions running around and we've kind of got got a list going here. We also have a caller calling in with some questions that he has had and we're going to do our best to answer as many as we can today.
0: Welcome, caller. What's your name and where are you calling from? Uh, Jerry Taft, I'm calling from Temple, Texas. We understand you have some questions for us. Uh, yeah, I did. You know, I listened to some of your podcasts, and and I just had, uh, uh, well, a couple questions. First one: uh, Do you feel threatened by anything when you're, you know, on a site?
1: That's a really great question, Jerry. Thank you for asking. Uh, with all the investigations that we've done in our lifelong experiences, I can't say that. I've ever felt any kind of danger or or maliciousness or anything like that on an investigation. Um, we usually do a walk around when we first get to a site to try and get the vibe. And if something feels off or something feels uncomfortable or something gives me what I like to call the, the itchies or I can't breathe or something like that, we will immediately amp up the protections that we use to to keep ourselves safe while we're on the site. Uh, and if it really kind of feels bad to us, we're, we're just not going to do it. We're going to turn around and walk away and let somebody who maybe has more experience dealing with malicious entities and things like that handle it. Uh, I know my limitations and I know John's limitations and we're, we're not going to risk ourselves for that. But I have to say, honestly, Uh, The only time I think I've ever encountered anything bad was twice. Once was in a cemetery at a mausoleum, uh, and we we didn't stay. And the other time was at a museum we were in in Vegas and got really, really sick and dizzy in one of the rooms and left the room because it was too much for me to deal with.
0: And what was your second question, Jerry? Well, another thing I wanted to ask was can you tell whether – If you're in a place where the entity is a female, a male, or a child, or even an animal.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, Usually when I go through my walkthrough, I can pinpoint the who, the what, the where, the how many, uh, male, female, kitty cat, puppy dog, crocodile, whatever. Uh, I think what happens, especially if somebody is sensitive, if the spirits can sense that there's somebody there, who can feel them or see them or hear them, they're going to go to whatever lengths they can to make sure that they're seen and heard. I think I'm fortunate. I'm not sure everybody would think they were fortunate if, if this was them. But I can, I can not so much see with my eyes, but I get a mental image of the spirits around me. So I can get an idea of what they look like, uh, their height, their height their age, the time periods, a lot of times I can figure out what kind of time period they're from. Uh, and, and like I said, it's a mental image more than a physical image. I'm not sure everybody would agree that this is, this is a, a good thing, <laughs> but for me it has really helped out in our investigations because it helps me pinpoint uh, what we're dealing with and how many we're dealing with and, and how we need to do our investigation and our research. Jerry, does that answer your question for you?
0: Uh, Yes. One other thing, my brother would get up in the middle of the night, go to the restroom, and he could swear that my father was in the family room smoking his pipe. He could smell the pipe, and he just felt like his presence was there. Uh, Have you all witnessed anything like that?
1: Actually, that's pretty common for visitations to, to come in the form of a scent. Something familiar, uh, somebody smoked a pipe their whole life and suddenly you are thinking about them and you smell a pipe. When my ex-husband was 43, he passed away suddenly. Uh, he didn't have a heart problem, he didn't have any kind of problem like that, but he he passed away from a heart attack. His favorite soap was Irish Spring. That is the only soap this man would use, was Irish Spring. All the time, Irish Spring. I hated the smell of that soap because it was everywhere. After he passed, now he was in New York and we were down here in Texas, so it wasn't like I was up in his house or anything like that. But after he passed, I would smell Irish Spring and know that he was around. Whether people smell things or feel things because their mind wants to or whether there's somebody really there, I can't answer that question. I can say that it's often a comfort, so accept it at face value if it's a comfort to think that that's your father, your mother, your cousin, whatever, then by all means, go for it. Thank you, Jerry, for such great questions. Thank you for calling in and, and sharing your thoughts with us. Now we're going to turn to questions from our Facebook group. So they've been PMing me questions and they've been pinging me questions and texting me questions and whatever other formula you want to use, DM. So John, since I've been talking nonstop for the last five minutes, I think it's your turn to answer a question. What do you think? Sure, I'll answer a question. All right, we're going to start you off with an easy one. This comes from Eric from our Facebook group. Will you return to any of the previous spots to check up on more activity?
0: Oh, certainly. I would love to return to several spots. I can think of several things that have come up in the past that we kind of left some some stones unturned, if you will. Um. And a lot of questions were raised by the uh, examining of our findings from the investigations. compound. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's one that that we've really wanted to go back to is the compound, if you've watched that one. Uh, There were several things that came up that we really just ran out of time and ran out of daylight and ran out of patience. And uh, not just ours, but our hosts and everybody else's. Uh, We'd like to go back and revisit some of that. So there's... That's a big one that I'd like to go revisit.
1: So one of the reasons I think that we really wanted to go visit that ties into Eric's second question. What has been the most active place that we've gone to? And I'm going to agree that it was the compound. Uh, That place, it it looks so serene and sweet and gentle. and, And nothing bad has happened there, but there was so much going on. With the Indian burial grounds, with the little boy behind the warehouse, with Gertie's Glen with the shadow figures that everybody was seeing uh, that we actually didn't see until the end when we were packing up and getting ready to leave, we caught a shadow figure uh, saying our names on the SB box.
0: Yeah, that was huge.
1: That, That was a huge thing because it was not only crystal clear, but it was our first and last name. And it says our last name and calls it out as our last name. And
0: both of our first names.
1: And both our first names. And it was, that was pretty incredible. And I would love to go back there. And I have to say, that's probably been the most active place we've been to that we've investigated.
0: This next question comes from Carmen in our Facebook group. She asks, how many pieces of evidence do you usually capture during an investigation?
1: I guess that one's on me since you answered the last one. That is a almost impossible question to answer because you can go to a place and sit there for 12 hours and get absolutely nothing, not even crickets, just nothing, not a bing, not a blip, not an EVP, not a shadow person, even playing shadow puppets, you won't get a shadow person, nothing. Or you can step foot on a place and immediately start picking evidence up. So there's not even a set of circumstances that you can say, hey, this is definitely going to do something or it's definitely not going to do something. I will say when we're on an investigation, in order for us to determine if it's been successful, we need to catch multiple pieces of evidence. Uh, if If they go hand in hand with each other, and I say it that way because I can't say corroborate very well, then we know that we're actually catching something and we'll consider that successful. For instance, when we were doing a recent investigation and we got an ovulous response that was intelligent enough to be answering what we were talking about at the same time that the EMF meter went off the freaking roof. And then when we turned around and said, please stop with the EMF meter, it stopped immediately. Uh, that that was a successful if nothing else had happened that night that would have been successful investigation for us this next question i believe is for both of us and it comes from somebody in our facebook group who wishes to remain anonymous but john you can go ahead and start since i talked the last time what started your interest in the paranormal
0: i think for me it's Mainly uh, a validation that there's something more beyond this life that we know. The only life that we know here on Earth. So it gives me comfort to know that there is uh, a, an afterlife to some degree. And while the afterlife of those that may be stuck here between realms might not be, uh, you know, the the pearly gates and heaven and... and standing next to Jesus and being with your beloved cat uh, in the afterlife that you can hear in the background, all those things, uh, just the fact that we have souls and we have beings that are still here with us, even after they passed on to the next realm, gives me a sense of solace to, to know that there is something to look forward to.
1: My experiences when I was younger kind of led to my interest. When I talk about growing up with it, I mean, I grew up with it. One of my earliest memories, I think from around the age of three, could have been four, uh, too little to remember that far back, I guess. Um, I saw Goofy coming out of the wall, you know, from Mickey Mouse and all them, Disney, I saw Goofy coming out of the wall and behind Goofy was a host of other Disney type characters. And I was awake, I wasn't dreaming that I could tell. And I think my mind went to Goofy and Mickey Mouse because at three or four years of age, that's what it could process, is that's what it was. But definitely saw something coming out of the walls. And I will tell you from about that age till I was about mm, seven or so, I could not sleep with my bed up against the wall. <laughs> I, I had to sleep all the way away from the wall. Uh, I, I couldn't handle being near the wall because that always stayed with me. And even now in my advanced age, it still stays with me and just from an early age it it spawned that interest when i was young 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 i mean we were doing my cousins and i were doing uh, evp sessions and things like that because of all the experiences that we that we had and that kind of just led us moving forward to wanting to understand it more and to learn more and the more we learned the more we experienced and it just kind of snowballed from there so we, I've been doing this since, you know, toddlerhood, I guess, and it's just been a natural part of my life. There is one thing. I'm going to hijack this podcast for a minute while we're talking about questions and, and things that are going through people's minds. I've seen a question come up a lot in our Facebook group, in other Facebook groups, on Twitter, on Instagram. People have stopped me to ask me this question So I wanna just take a few minutes to give my two cents on it and address it. So the question is, is the Ouija board evil? Ooh, evil. Evil. Cue the the scary music here. Um I'm gonna address this by telling a story. And you can edit this out if you think it's a crappy story, but I'm gonna tell a story anyway, so
0: I'm the producer.
1: He's a producer, so he gets to edit things. You have a tree in your yard, and your tree is pretty much dead. It's a big tree. It's in your yard. It's over your house. It's pretty much dead. For whatever reason, you are not calling in a professional tree person. Arborist? Yeah. Yeah. Arborist. So for whatever reason, you're not calling in a professional arborist to come. Maybe you don't have money this week or, or whatever, but that tree needs to be dealt with. So what are you going to do? The first thing you're going to do is research how to take down a tree, how to remove a tree. What do I need to do with this tree? What tools do I need to do with this tree? What protections do I need? So you're going to spend some time researching this before you even step foot into the arena, right? So you research and you discover that the tool that you need is a chainsaw, but you've never used a chainsaw. So again, you're going to research your chainsaw and how to use it. You're going to watch YouTube videos, you're going to read books. Books are those things that are made out of paper that you can open and they make noise when you turn pages on them for the younger generation out there. You're going to figure out what protection you need. You're going to need a hard hat. You're going to need leather gloves. You're going to need boots. You're going to need some kind of uh, goggles or something to cover your eyes. You'd probably be pretty smart if you wore like a jacket or something with long sleeves to protect your arms. Then you're going to need to know how to proceed from there. Where do you start cutting? You don't start cutting right at the base of the tree because you're going to end up with a tree on you. You need to know the angle to cut to make the tree go the way that you want it to go and not take out your house. The same thing with a Ouija board. The Ouija board is a tool and nothing more. Okay, evil, not evil, it's none of those things. It is, it is a piece of cardboard. And it's got a piece of plastic that rolls around on the cardboard. It's got numbers printed on it. It's just a tool it's on you on how it's used it's on you to research the proper way to use it it's on you to know what tools you need to protect yourself what's your hard hat what's your goggles where are your gloves where's your long sleeve shirt where's your boots for this it's up to you to research all that and know what you're doing before you pick this thing up and start playing with it The board itself is just a board, okay? Unless you pick it up and smack somebody with it, it's not dangerous. But trust me, I've picked picked them up and smacked people with them. (laughs) It does hurt when you do that, and that does make it dangerous on that level. But as far as summoning demons and things like that, that all goes back to learning how to use it properly or calling in a professional. If you don't know how to use it and you're too lazy to research, and yes, I'm being a little harsh here for a reason, if you're too lazy to do the research and you're too lazy to set up the proper protections, call in a professional or forget about it altogether and that would be even better. But the board itself is not evil. The other thing that you need to think about when you're doing a Ouija board or spirit in the glass or anything like that is intention. Why are you doing this? What is your intention behind that? So before you enter into anything like this, you need to make sure you know what you're doing, that you know what protections you have, and you have them in place, and you know what your intentions are. Because I can guarantee you that you may mess up a ritual, but the spirits can can tell your intentions behind it. If you're not sure or you're not comfortable or you think the board is evil, don't touch it just don't leave it alone just walk away from it and find something else to do with your time because that kind of thing gets communicated through it but the reality is it's a tool and if you ever want to sit down and have a discussion about it or you want to learn about it you can always reach out to us and and, you know we'll, we'll talk to you about it
0: our final question comes from a facebook member and that is what's coming up next
1: So this is actually really exciting what we have coming up next. We are going to spend the night at the Haunted Hill House in Mineral Wells. This has actually been on one of my bucket lists for quite some time. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, We had an unexpected furlough this week. So I'm home from work this week on vacation and was looking for something to do. And there was a spot open and we said, "Okay, let's go. So we are going to pack up the truck. We're going to head on up to Mineral Wells, which is about a four hour drive, five hour drive if we want snacks and bathroom breaks. And we're going to spend the night in what is said to be one of the most haunted bed and breakfast type of places in Texas. We're going to approach this investigation a little bit differently than we usually do. When we get called in to go somewhere to do an investigation, or there's a place that we want to go and check out because we've heard rumors or whatever, we typically sit down and investigate the area first so we know what we're getting into. And I've done that with Haunted Hill House. I've been doing a lot of investigation and research on it this week to try and figure out what's going on and what's true and what's rumor or what's urban legend. However,
0: For a different perspective, I've made the decision to not do any research whatsoever. I'm going in completely cold. I know nothing about the site. I know nothing about the history. I know nothing about the individual rooms or what other teams may have discovered or found or validated in any of these places.
1: And why would you do that?
0: Well, you know, it's kind of odd. I should probably have been the one that did your role and you should probably be the one that did mine because I am the least sensitive in this group. So, uh but for whatever reason, I have decided to be the one to go in completely cold and just see what I can find uh firsthand without any pre-knowledge whatsoever of anything.
1: Well, and something we're doing just because this is, this is my bucket list, and I'm very excited about going here, we're going to do a series of Facebook Lives so that it is an interac- interactive investigation with a couple of the Facebook groups. So come find us, uh, Crazy Cat Paranormal, on Facebook. If you just do a search, you're going to find us. And come join our group if you want to be part of it. Uh, where to set equipment, answering questions... If we start capturing things, we're going to turn on the phone and we're going to quickly go online so that you can see it live. Just all sorts of interactive events are going to go on throughout the night. Um, So make sure you come out and you you check us out. And again, Crazy Cat Paranormal on Facebook. Come join us so you can be part of this.
0: And uh, the date, we should probably say the date.
1: Oh, sure. Fine. Tell them the date.
0: Uh, I wish I knew. Uh.
1: (laughs) It is this Wednesday night, uh, May 27th. I'm still in March, mind you. That's right. May 27th. Overnight, the 27th through the 28th. So we'll be there Wednesday night, overnight into Thursday morning when they kick us out. And I am forbidden to say anything about what I found on my research because John really wants to go into this as cold as possible, see if he can sense anything.
0: I know nothing at all except how to drive to the place. At this point, that's all I know.
1: You sure you know how to get there?
0: Uh, I'll Google Map it.
1: <laughs> thank God for Google Map. That's right. So come check us out on Facebook. Come check us out on YouTube. Come check us out on Instagram and Twitter. Just just search for Crazy Cat Paranormal and you'll find us. We'll pop right up. And thank you so much for joining us today. And I want to give a special thank you to our secret guests Ranger and Saatchi are cats who were putting their two cents in in the background.
0: (laughs) That's right. So they are the crazy cats behind Crazy Cat Paranormal Speaks.
1: And join us next time. We've got some interviews coming up over the next couple of podcasts with some really interesting people. So you don't want to miss it. Make sure that you follow, subscribe, whatever your, your podcast platform has you do so that you don't miss it.
0: And thank you so much for listening.